Uh, my name is Russ. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from pride, fear of man, and depression. Hi. Hi. My name is Patty. I have a new life in Christ, and I am in recovery for fear of rejection, perfectionism, and sexual immorality. I grew up in a broken home that never acknowledged God. Mom remarried by the time I was seven to the man that would fill the role of father in my life. He was a hard-working man's man who grew up poor and fatherless. He was determined that would not be the plight of his family and worked tirelessly to be successful and a good provider for his family, which he did. But that resulted in long hours at the office, travel, and much time away from family. As a result, there were few tender-hearted moments with me, few words of affirmation or that he was proud of me. What there was, however, was a lot of pointing out of my shortcomings, belittling, physical, and psychological abuse. I started this life as an unwanted orphan. I was soon adopted by a seemingly stable, successful couple. I grew up in a good neighborhood, attended private schools, and had what most would consider a perfect childhood. But behind the perfect appearance of our family was a much darker reality. Despite the involvement in church activities, God was rarely spoken of in our home. The wounds that resulted were large and cavernous. I trusted no one and let no one get to know the real me. I learned early on to count only on myself. I did not reach out to others for guidance, counsel, or advice. I didn't let anyone see weakness or chinks in the armor. I built a fortress of massive walls around myself and my heart. I became entirely dependent on myself and projected only my very best while inwardly feeling alone, scared, and completely unworthy. When conflict with others arose, I would do my best to deflect, blame shift, and manipulate the situation or people to maintain my image. If that didn't work, I would simply flee, often terminating relationships at the drop of a hat and avoiding them at all costs to avoid further conflict, rejection, and possible humiliation. I did everything in my power to maintain the facade of my perfect image. When my parents would fight with each other or with my older brother, it came with lots of screaming, yelling, cursing, and name-calling. It was my self-appointed position in the family to be the peacemaker, to not rock the boat, to not cause problems, to be perfect. Perfect so they wouldn't scream, yell, and curse at me. Perfect so that they would want to keep me. What ensued was years of rebellious behavior and naive attempts to bring wholeness to my life by gratifying the desires of my flesh through partying, sexual immorality, lying, cheating, stealing, and living far beyond my means. When the high of those things wore off and the emptiness remained, I would retreat to the safety of my home where I would isolate myself, sometimes spending entire weekends medicating on alcohol and pornography. Molested by a family member at the age of 10 and sexually assaulted by a camp counselor at 12, by 13, I was regularly sexually active with my older boyfriend. I quickly learned that I could use sex as a way to form connections with men, to want me, to desire me, to love me. And so sex became my currency in relationships. Whether they were just friends or whether they were boyfriends, sex was how I expressed my affection for men in my life. On the outside, 
I was a perfect young lady, following the rules, making straight A's, and being the person I thought everyone else wanted me to be. And then at 18, my worst fears came true. My parents didn't want me anymore. They disowned me. I will never forget the day that my father spoke the words, you're not my daughter. You can find someone else to give you away at your wedding. I wasn't their daughter anymore. I was again an unwanted orphan. At 19, I married a sweet, godly young man, and we had four beautiful children together. During my marriage, <clears throat> although the world saw a perfect marriage, a perfect wife, a perfect mother, inside, I was anything but perfect. I found myself entangled in long-term, ongoing affairs, depression, and suicidal thoughts. After many years of living a double life, I hit a breaking point and recognized the need to confess to my husband and my church. As a result, my husband chose to divorce me, and I was removed from membership of the church. Divorce, like all sin, brings death and destruction, death of a piece of your heart, death to relationships. In 2002, at the age of 32, I was introduced to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and gave my life to him. While I had a newfound peace and hope that my eternal destiny was secure, I had no mentor, community group, or other godly influences in my, in my life to disciple me and spur me on. The cares of the world choked out the word in my life, and in my immaturity and ignorance, I simply became a person who trusted Christ for salvation rather than for my daily needs. Within a year, I met my wife and relocated to Dallas, where we joined a local church. However, neither one of us pursued the Lord. Without a heart surrendered to Christ, I was not able to let go of my pride, lead myself or her. As a result, we found marriage to be a struggle. The struggles I had before marriage continued, and my dependence on alcohol to cope and maintain a good mood only worsened. Finally, after more than nine years of marriage and a half dozen trips to counseling, I chose to go my own way, and we divorced. After my divorce, I spent the next 12 years running from God and wandering in the wilderness away from the church, away from the people of God, and away from godly things. I was introduced to the lifestyle of swingers. For me, this began a rapid spiral into a lifestyle driven by alcohol and casual sex, often with people that I hardly knew their name. After another failed marriage to an abusive, ungodly man, I found myself at the lowest point in my life. Even through those years of self-destructive behavior, no one around me knew what was really going on. Not my family, not my friends, not my coworkers. I was upholding a perfect image of everything is good and life is great. With marriage and a half-hearted walk with the Lord firmly in my rear view, singleness, freedom, and fun were again at my disposal. Nothing was off the table, and it was a no-holds-barred two-year path of destruction. What I thought would be a blast only resulted in more emptiness, loneliness, and despair. Sex, alcohol, and abusive relationships defined the majority of my 42 years before the Lord lovingly guided me to change my playgrounds and my playmates. 
After a lifetime of repeatedly ignoring the Lord's commands for obedience to his word, he patiently and persistently pursued me. Five years ago, I found myself at the lowest point in my life with a path of destructive relationships, two divorces, a long history of unfaithfulness and adultery, all steeped in anything I could use to dull the pain, alcohol, money, and finding comfort in food and material things. Thankfully, the Lord had other plans for me. He intervened in my life in a way that can only be described as a divine appointment. For three uninterrupted hours on Saturday, February the 1st, 2014, one of the Lord's faithful servants spent time with me, sharing with what the Lord had done in their life, and they encouraged me to check out Watermark Church and Regeneration. I will never forget that day because I knew something radical had changed in my heart. The next day, I was in church for the first time in years. The day after that, I was right here at Regen for the first time. I was filled with both excitement and anxiety that first night. Excitement because I knew this was where I needed to be. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Life under my control was not working. I was also extremely anxious because I knew this would mean I would have to let down my guard, be honest, and trust that I would not be rejected or judged feelings that had tormented me most of my life. As I recited the steps and listened intently to the story of God's grace in someone else's life, I made the commitment not to shrink back or run, but to be a man of action and to trust God to see me through. Although I was not actively pursuing God, he never stopped pursuing me. He is faithful, even when I am not. And by his grace, I was led back into the church and into a spiritual recovery program that helped me to reclaim my true identity, my identity in Christ, and not in what others think of me or how a man reacts to me. A place where I no longer have to be perfect because I am a child of God and I am clothed in his perfect righteousness. I have learned to depend on God for everything and how to trust him even when my circumstances don't align with my own selfish wants and desires. It was during the first few weeks in groundwork as I began spending time with God daily that the fog of depression began to lift and I started to have hope. Daily time with God was foreign to me, but it was through this that he began to transform and renew my mind. While there would be days my flesh wanted to resist, God reminded me that I did not get here overnight and there was no magic pill. Healing from a lifetime of brokenness was going to take time. During inventory, I was given the opportunity to see the width and the breadth of my sin, my hurts, its consequences, and exactly what was paid for by Christ so that I could have a relationship with God. This was the first time in my life I ever spent time analyzing my behavior, feelings, and responses. While at times very painful, it painted a picture that allowed me to see how my past wounds had driven me to protect my image and feelings. It showed me how I had placed my trust in possessions, spending money I did not have on things I did not need that landed me in a financial bind that I thought would ruin me. When I arrived at recovery, there was little I understood about my brokenness, but it quickly became apparent they were the result of, well, result of wounds from my father. As they began to reveal themselves, I found myself harboring a lot of anger and resentment toward him. As I worked the recovery steps, the Lord softened my heart 
by reminding me that there is no one perfect, not one. We have all sinned and fallen short of his glory. The Lord also reminded me how great my sin was. But he still forgave me and loved me. I now know my dad did the best he could. He was no different than me, a broken man. Dad passed away a few years ago and never had the opportunity to experience recovery in Christ or see the transformation in me. While I mourned greatly over the brokenness, pain, and loss, the tears I shed in Step 8 Forgive were not about the pain and the loss, but sadness that Dad would not have the opportunity to celebrate the work that Christ was doing in me. In Step 3 Trust, I learned to trust God in all areas of my life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 became my mantra. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In step four, inventory, I saw how the events of my life affected my choices and decisions. I learned to take ownership of my actions and no longer saw myself as the victim. I have found a place where I no longer fear rejection because I am claimed by the one who promises I will never leave you nor forsake you, a place where I now boldly take my seat at the table, where I am no longer an unwanted orphan, but a daughter of the Most High King. What does my life look like now? In August 2016, I married Russell, who loves me well and leads me well. He exemplifies the Ephesians 5.25 command, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I am honored and humbled that God has called me to co-lead with my sweet friend and community sister, our fourth group of women through Regen. And I also serve as a women's director in a prison reentry program where I help women find their identity in Christ. I have been abundantly blessed with a community group that knows me and loves me despite myself who is there to rejoice with me in the good times, laugh with me in the silly times, and cry with me in the hard times. Friends who remind me who I am and who I belong to. So what does life look for me these days? I can rest in the truth that the same God that pursued my recovery will supply all my needs, and I am at complete peace with that. One of the greatest gifts the Lord has given me through recovery is a new set of eyes, I no longer judge people by their outward appearances or by their behavior. I now see them for who they are, just like myself, lost and broken children of God who are in need of a Savior. I have moved away from trying to manipulate others for my gain to pursuing them relationally and caring for them. Before recovery, I was afraid to share my faith because I didn't know God's Word and had not been transformed by it. The gospel for me these days is the good news of God's grace in my own life. That's real, and that's something people can relate to. And as I build relationships, God creates the opportunity to further speak the truth and love to others. I continue to pursue the Lord daily by practicing the spiritual disciplines of reading my Bible, praying for others and myself, memorizing Scripture, participating in authentic community, and serving others. What had at one time been a very dry, difficult, dull, difficult to understand, boring book of rules, the Bible has come alive for me. It is God's love letter to us. 
Although there are still times when I can get lost in my fears and anxiety, it is through the study and memorizing God's Word that my thought life and desires have been transformed. I now have a growing arsenal of verses written on the tablet of my heart that are at my beck and call to help me keep on the right track or lead me back when trouble comes. And guess what? Trouble does come. And sometimes I do fall short or simply give in to the desires of the flesh. A prime example of this was when I met Patty. Despite all the hard work that went into my recovery journey that afforded me the opportunity to co-lead others through their own journey, I failed to lead Patty well through the dating process, and I failed, failed to heed the counsel of my community group and church leadership at the time to put an end to periodic sleepovers. My sin of pride kept me from trusting God through the process and resulted in church discipline and being removed from membership at Watermark. My sin of pride also led me to believe that I had it all figured out, that I had received my recovery and was fully equipped to step away from Watermark and begin a new journey at another church. When that lie proved false and the lack of authentic relationships began to weigh heavily on my spirit, Patty and I talked through it and together with the Lord's leading concluded that if I was to be all that God called me to be, to be the best spiritual leader of our home and of our marriage, then I needed to be around men who were going to point me back to Jesus. We went back to the place that cared enough to, to, to discipline my rebellion, which happened to be here. God has been so gracious and faithful since our return in early 2017. Not only has he restored everything that my sin caused me to lose, but we are serving and doing more than we ever imagined. Is my life today perfect? Looking from the outside, some might think so. I have a wonderful husband, four grown children, an amazing job, a beautiful house, and a nice car. But things are not perfect. There are trials and struggles every day. We have one son that struggles with autism and seizures and requires daily assistance just to get through life. Our second son is a prodigal who the last time I saw him was involved in drugs and who has not spoken to me in three years. I live with chronic pain in my back and neck, and the list goes on. Jesus never promised us a life free of trial and tribulation. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I, I now recognize that my life is not my own, that I have been bought with a price, and the only proper response is to live a life in service to God that is honoring and glorifying to his name. Jesus is my father, my friend, my healer, my provider, my comforter, and my joy. If this is your first night here, welcome. You are in a safe place. It's not a coincidence that you're here. God brought you here. He is pursuing you and wants you to know that you are loved and wanted. He has been waiting for you with open arms. God does not want to rip you off. He loves you and cares for you deeply. He wants to show you that his way is the right way and leads to true fulfillment. 
I encourage you to surround yourself with people that will love you and support you through this journey. Surrender your life to Christ. He is faithful and trustworthy. My story is God's story of redemption and healing. To God be the glory, for I am a new creation in Christ. My name is Patty. I have a new life in Christ who redeemed me from fear of rejection, perfectionism, and sexual immorality. My name is Russ. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from pride, fear of man, and depression. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.